0: What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the GSP, the GameScope podcast. It's been a while. It's been a long while. Almost uh, two two to three months since my last uh, podcast, where we recap the uh, first half of the 2020-21 uh, NBA season. So we're in May, uh, almost June. Uh, the playoffs have kick- kick-started and we've got some great games um uh, thus far and uh, one thing that really stands out is uh the fans the crowd through the uh, pandemic and you know all the other kind of uh, uh events happening around the world uh we weren't able to get uh that real NBA, play- <clears throat> uh, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, that real NBA playoff uh, setting and atmosphere last year when it was in the uh, Orlando bubble. So it's really good, to see, really refresh refreshing to see fans back in uh, most of these stadiums, uh, and they they just take the atmosphere to another level. They just they they take it up a notch, and it makes you know watching the game and experiencing you know all those high leverage moments uh those runs that teams on so much better so uh i'm back uh i've been sick for uh like a long time not covid uh, thankfully but uh this, this it was a really bad case of the flu <clears throat> the flu uh so i wasn't even able to move my body physically uh for a long time but i'm finally getting a little bit better now um uh, hope to recover through this summer. So uh, I'm feeling good enough to jump back on this again <laughs> for now uh, So I have two episodes planned this one and then the next one uh, In the next one, uh, I'll be dropping that soon in that one. We will be talking about uh, the the team of uh, New York City the Brooklyn Nets uh, So uh, well, I'll leave that uh, for the next episode, where 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 we will be having a conversation about the Nets and what how their playoff run is going thus far and uh, other stuff also uh, regarding them. But in this episode, we are going to be talking about the Clippers. Uh, so yeah, to uh, to to give a timeline of uh, events that happened. Uh, let's just go back uh I guess a few weeks or uh yeah a few weeks uh, actually let, let, let me let's let's take let's take it back to last season itself so uh I'm sure everyone who's listening to this or you know so, uh, just the general NBA fan knows what happened to the clippers last year in the playoffs in the bubble uh they were the favorite they were my favorite to win also I really uh you know throughout the regular season, um, uh, with the uh, Doc Rivers uh, championship head level, uh, you know, head coach uh, acquiring Kawhi and PG, who are like who are the two, uh, you know, high level two way players who play both sides of the ball, and uh, you know everything about this dog mentality, hustle uh, with the Patrick Beverly, Montes Harrell, Lou Williams, all these, you know, they used they used to call them dogs last year and many people have had them as the favorite to win it all and so did i and uh they did they did fine in their first round series although they got really lucky and that is a foreshadowing of what we're going to talk about now uh against the mags in the first round last year but they finished them off in six um bearing some injuries to luca and uh, christmas but they did they got the job done uh, injuries are part of the game you can't really account for that but then they uh, um, completely blew it to the denver nuggets in the second round and failed to reach the western conference finals once again uh I think that franchise has gone 50 years 50 plus years uh without forget the finals without reaching a conference finals and I think that's the only like current current like contending status or at least, to be thought of contending status team who has not achieved that feat yet. I think there's a couple more uh, teams like the Pelicans and the Hornets who did not uh, reach the conference finals in their, his, in their franchise history. But I don't think right now we can call those teams as, or be even be thought as contending teams. So uh, it's 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 a pretty big pressure, pressure situation for uh, the Clippers. And... Uh, of course, the lead they blew. They were up three-one against the Nuggets, and they had a fifteen-point lead, sixteen-point lead, nineteen-point lead, twelve-point lead, uh, and they just blew all those games. Uh, no structure, uh, no mental toughness in the second half of these games, and uh, they they went out sad. That's the only way to put it. And uh, and so coming into this year, they made some changes. They uh, they. Uh, replaced uh, doc rivers with uh, ty Lu his assistant at that time uh, so they just moved the assistant up and uh, doc uh, doc is doc is a good coach uh in my opinion uh but and we all know what he did with the 2008 Celtics and uh, he's he's one of the you know he's one of the well- respected coaches around the league but uh, he did he did he could have made some better uh, you know decisions in that denver series uh instead of playing mantras Harrell uh on so many minutes he could have played uh zubach who did much better on uh, jokic than than Harrell did and uh, so just many other decisions like that uh another minor one but that, that that didn't really burn them uh playing reggie jackson a lot of minutes in the playoffs against luka dantej in the first round and uh that ended up giving Dallas some confidence, and they, you know, that whole buzzer beater in Game Four um, was because Luca got going on Reggie Jackson in OT. I believe, I believe that game in OT, if I'm if I'm remembering properly. So yeah, uh, Doc Rivers is fine. So Doc Rivers is fine, but he could have definitely been better. So the move, I guess, made sense, but. I mean, I, I was never a big believer of Ty Lue. I mean, I much respect to him. And uh, I respect him for, you know, the 2016 championship that they delivered to the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. You know, LeBron Kyrie, that, that whole team. Uh, coming back from down 3-1. Uh, so... And even though most of it was LeBron and Kyrie leading the charge, uh, the coach also deserves some credit to, you know, keep that group uh, mentally ready after being down 3-1 in the finals to the best team in the history of the the NBA record-wise, 73-90 of Golden State Warriors team with a tremendous home court advantage. And they had to win in such a hostile environment. So he definitely kept those guys together. So I'll, I'll give him his dues for that. So they hired him. Uh, they let go of Montrezl Harrell. Uh, they just let go of him. Um, they traded Lou Williams for Rondo uh, midseason. And then uh, they signed uh, Serge Ibaka, which was a pretty good signing, in my opinion. Luke Kennard, which was a very weird... weird. Uh, uh, Luke Kennard was not a signing, my bad. R- Luke Kennard was a trade uh, with Brooklyn. Uh, they traded uh, Shamit to Brooklyn and... Uh, uh, Luke Cunard, Luke Cunard to uh um uh the Clippers and then uh Brooklyn's 19th pick to the Detroit Pistons which became Sadiq Bey so that's that's how it worked and uh I, I that 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 trade did not make any sense to me because the dude barely plays man and they and on top of that they signed him to a 64 million dollar contract 4 years it's just, I am mean, it's mind-boggling. I don't know why. I think I I think I said this in my previous episode also. If you guys haven't checked checked out my previous episodes, definitely go check those out. The second one is kind of long. I'll try to keep this one a little bit shorter than that. Uh, that one is like an hour and a half. But that's recapping the whole season uh, for all the teams. So it took some time. But I'm pretty sure I said it there also. Luke Kennard, that move was so bizarre. I mean... Uh, I guess one of the thought processes, maybe you can use him as a trade chip later on. But still, I mean, he gets zero PT. And even in this playoffs now, he's getting zero PT. So that move did not really make sense. And then uh, let me see, who else did they bring in? Uh, Batum, Nicholas Batum, mm-hmm. decent addition. Uh, he, ha- he knows his role. He's like a good role 3 and D guy, I guess you can call it like that. And then, yeah, so and then with the... Retaining Kawhi PG, uh, Pat Bev, Marcus Morris, and all these guys. Uh, and, uh, you know, they they embarked on this uh, regular season uh, to try to redeem themselves on, you know, uh, what they did and their, you know, their tendencies to, like, fall apart. So, uh, last year, they finished 49-23 and, and the number two seed. Which which is always a good sign to be finished top two. The champions, the the, the, the teams who go for trying to win a championship are always either top two or top three seed. So that's uh, that's that's that was good. But leaving last year, we know what happened. That collapse was it could collapse also, but uh, it's not a guarantee that you'll you'll you know be in that stage. But gives you a good chance if you're top two or three seed, mm-hmm. uh, which the Clippers did have, <clears throat> uh, but they blew it last year. So coming to this year uh they finished 47 and 25 two games worse uh but that I don't think that's a bad thing because uh you can't really judge judge the, the the whole team like that uh but they finished with the number 4 seed this year instead of the number 2 seed and uh that I think that became a little bit problematic and uh there's 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 a, there's a lot to this also i mean there's some people in the media who think that uh, they they could have gotten the third third spot, but the last two games against the worst teams in the league, the Rockets and the Thunder, they completely you know they just decided to forfeit from those games to get into the fourth spot. And why did they do that? Because apparently, if they if they go to the third spot, uh, and everything, uh, if they I think if they go to the third spot and how it was playing out at the end. There was no way that uh, the Lakers would not be in the sixth. So uh, three and six are the uh, people who ma- the the teams who match up in the first round. So the it would be uh, Clippers Lakers round one, and uh, I guess they wanted to dodge that or something. Uh, that's what people in the media think. There, uh, there. Today I saw on uh, I think it was First Things First or Undisputed one of those Chris Broussard. If you guys know, he came in and said that he had a, he knew he had a source that said. Uh, who would know that, uh, told him that the Clippers did do that to avoid the Lakers. And uh, at this point, uh, they could have really, uh, they could have gotten, I guess, instead of the Lakers, Portland, who did become the sixth seed. So, yeah, actually, I think the thought process was that the Lakers could have become sixth by their own, you know, their their own destiny, uh, if they won the games or whatever. And Clippers three, so it could have been a first round matchup, but but it could have been a second round matchup also if Portland finished sixth and Clippers finished third. Clippers, Portland, Cl- Clippers uh, and the Blazers. That's that's obviously a much more favorable matchup for the Clippers. I don't think that they've always had the Blazers' number ever since uh, Kawhi and Paul George came to the Clippers. But what happens is that means Lakers drop to seven. And the seven and two, uh, Lakers playing the Suns. If they make it out of that series, uh, which most people have them making it out of that series, the second round would be the winner of the 3-6. Uh, so they would meet in the second round. So I think if, if, if the people in the media and everything have it right, I really think the thought process of the Clippers is we need to get into that Western Conference Finals somehow this year, and we got to do it to any extent. And uh, I, I mean, <laughs> if you guys are following around, following on how how it's going so far for them, I don't know if that was the best idea because they got into the four five, uh, and now they're playing the Mavericks, and uh, the D- Dallas Mavericks team that is very confident and. Uh, Two games have been played, and uh, the Clippers in the 4-5, of course, they're 4th, so they have home court advantage, but they had, not have, they had home court advantage. But the Mavs came into Staples Center and took both games from Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Ty Lue, Pat Bev, and the whole Clippers team. So, I mean, it's a it's a devastating blow to them. It's 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 very hard to come back from a series down 0-2, and Kawhi did it uh, two years ago against Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference Finals when he was with the Raptors. But the two games they lost then going down 0-2 were on the road. Here they lost two games at home, which is it's. I seriously did not. I did not see it coming. I I, I thought I thought the Mavs and Clippers series would be good this year, but. Uh, I did not see. I I said either uh, Clippers in six or Clippers in seven, but I I did not see this one, uh, getting this far shifted to the, nav side. And the thing about thing thing about what happens now is, uh, I'm hearing that arenas in uh, Texas, uh, Dallas is going to be packed because uh, things are getting much better in, uh, uh Texas that area now. And now they're going home with a two with a two zero lead, with all the momentum, and they have their fans to back up, back back up now for two games. So it's 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 gonna take it's gonna take a a, a lot from the Clippers to survive in this series. But uh, that's what this video is. I mean not video, <laughs> my bad. That's what this podcast is about. Uh, what happened? How did they go down two zero? Uh, and I mean, as far as long as much as it is, uh, you know, Clippers blunders or whatever. Uh, the Mavericks, you know, yeah, you got to give some credit to the Mavericks also. They're 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 very <clears throat> resilient uh, group, and uh, Luka Doncic is leading them in a you know perfect, excellent manner. Mm-hmm. So let's first go to the Clippers' problems. Where do we start? Uh, let's begin with defense. I think defense is one of the biggest things. Uh, this team was actually de- decent defensively throughout the regular season This in this season. Uh, and even last year, uh, of course, they couldn't stop uh, Jokic and Murray down the stretch in the playoffs last year. But as a whole, in leg- regular season and playoffs last year, they were pretty decent. And even this year, they're decent only. Um, but I-, I-, I really don't know what's happening in this matchup. Uh, if you watch uh, first game, the second game, there, there's literally there's uh, there's literally the, the the there's literally you know <laughs> how do I even say it guys are guys are, guys are being left open for the Mavericks uh, with for like with no no kind of uh, reason for for them to be left open like like Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, He's a dead eye from three. And they're 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 committing death by just leaving him open. Uh Josh Richardson is not a great three point shooter, but they left him open also in one shot, like wide open. These are NBA players; they're gonna make the shots if you leave them wide open. Like give them like ten feet of space. That's it's just it was just crazy to watch that, and uh, definitely fun if you're a maps fan. <laughs> uh So that that was that, and then. Uh, that they have to. They have to stop doing that. That. That's. That. That's. That's the number one key thing. And then scheme wise, they gotta do a better job on their switching. If they wanna play a switch defense, switching is not easy. Switching is not an easy scheme to master. Uh, you need. You need a. It works. If if you have if you have switching down, uh, you know it works. It needs. It needs good coaching. It needs constant uh, communication and everyone in the team has to stay in the same page and lots of reps also and i don't think that's something that the the clippers had this year with again so many injuries to kawaii pg in and out of the lineup i mean that's how it was for everyone this year because of the covid protocols and everything and all that but uh if you have defensive iq as a team you can overcome all those things but it doesn't look like they have that right now i mean they're they're blowing switch after switch after switch when they're trying to switch uh and just leaving guys open. Leaving guys open just like that is one thing, and then leaving guys open through this you know, blowing switches. But two guys going not communicating properly and going towards one guy and leaving another guy open. So there's that. And then uh I think other than that it's just Luca man. They gotta do something about Luca. <laughs> uh i I think they've tried they've tried many things like they tried single coverage which obviously is not going to work with one just one defender uh the they tried bring the big on him which is which has been working like a disaster for them every time they bring zubash out to uh uh, guard luca it's it's just barbecue chicken for him man uh he's just cooking cooking zubash so uh not like he's not cooking everyone else. He's cooking everyone, but Zubas is especially getting cooked. Uh, uh, Pat Bev, he's getting massively cooked also. Uh, and then Kawhi, uh, Kawhi and PG are they're doing a decent, fairly good job on him. I think single coverage, but he's he's hitting shots over them also. And uh, they've tried the double team. The double team thing about the double team is Luca's a great playmaker. Definitely top five playmaker in the league right now. And uh, he, he makes the perfect reads, uh, whether it's to a shooter or down the middle of the, uh, you know, uh, court to his big guys uh, for something inside or uh, for them to kick it out. And they know also, whether it's Christoph Sporzingis or Willie Colley Stein or Dwight Powell, uh, when they get the pass, they know that they have to make a play. They either have to, you know, go in and tack or kick it out uh, or else it'll be a turnover. So, they're, the IQ, IQ is there, the, you know, the, the cumulative IQ is there for the Mavericks. So, that, that that makes it really, really tough to defend them also. They're a good offensive team. They had the best offensive rating in NBA history last year. And I, I don't think, I don't know where it is uh, right now, but they're a good offensive team. They've always been with Luka and uh, KP. And, uh, uh, KP was another another part. He was injured for like most of the series last last year. So and it still went six. And Luca was injured too. He had that knee problem, and it still went six. So definitely things you have to consider. So defensively, those are the things I think the Clippers have to basically stop leaving guys wide open for no reason. Stop screwing up the switches. Do a better job on switching, communicating everything uh stop Luca! I'm to have to there has to be some kind of better game plan that Ty Lu has to come up with uh I don't know if zone may work or box and one something something has to, something has to be done to stop Luca from either attacking uh not either uh sorry excuse me from attacking and from playmaking if you if they can if they can limit him from his abilities that gives the Clippers a way better chance of winning uh this not just the game, but the series, uh, from where they are right now. But it's it's easier said than done, man. <laughs> Especially when they're going back to Dallas now. So it's very, it's seriously, it's for real, really easier said than done here. So defensively, there's that, and uh, and then lastly, just be physical with them. <clears throat> there's not, there's not a you know a sense of physicality at all, at all that they're showing against Mavericks. So these four. These are the things that they have to focus on defensively, and then offensively. Offensively, honestly, I think they've been fine. Kawhi had forty-one uh, in Game Two. Paul George had twenty-eight. Uh, the role players, for whatever reason, have not been stepping up for the Clippers. Uh, they're just not up to the task, and they have to because Dallas' role players are definitely stepping up to the plate uh, due to, and that's also due to Luca's great playmaking. Uh-huh. They don't have a guy like that on the Clippers. I mean, they have like a guy who's not a scorer, but who's like a playmaker and who can set the table. Rondo's there, but for some reason, he's only playing 15 minutes in the game two, in a, in a in like a pretty much must-win game two at home. It's just mind-scratching stuff from Ty Lue. I'll come to that next. But uh, offensive-wise, they just need better playmaking and better, you know, table-setting stuff. Uh, Paul George and Kawhi were good, but and the role players need to step up. But even those two, they're the, they're the guys that have to lead the charge and be smart about the possessions. There was a possession in the fourth where they were coming back. Clippers were coming back down by five. And Paul George finds, has Kristaps Porzingis on him in the perimeter and decides to opt for a step back three instead of driving, on, driving easily uh, around him. It's just, I, I don't know, I don't know what the thought process was. You're not going to, you're even if you made that three, you're not going to get back into the game and tie it or go up in that position itself. You got to, gotta, you know, go slowly. I'm not, say, I'm not saying that don't shoot the three, but when you have Kristaps Porzingis, who's like, who's a slow-footed big guy, you can easily go around it. But Paul George can. I'm not saying he can't. It's not like he can't. <laughs> it's just a, you know, mental thing. I don't know why he took that. He got to make better decisions on that, that 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 side. These things add up. And then there's lots of turnovers also, that the, the unforced turnovers at the Clippers side also. So there's that. Um, and then uh, lastly, coming... the Last uh, problem, I mean, not problem, but last thing I want to talk about on the Clippers side, the coaching, man. I don't know what Tyloo is doing with his rotations. And the stuff he is saying after last game, I. I'm 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 just I'm just stunned. I'm shocked. So like I said, you brought in Rondo to you know you traded Lou Williams, you know who was a great Six Man of the Year for the Clippers, a great you know underground goat they used to call him, uh, loved by the Clipper Clipper uh, faithful, and you know uh, he was he he was he was he wanted to really finish his career off with the Clippers and win a championship, but it didn't happen. Uh, uh, it just plays out that way sometimes, um, but so they traded him uh, to Atlanta to get Rondo to get that playmaking and table setting for Paul Paul George Kawhi, so they don't have to work so much on that end, and the whole team really. And then he he doesn't even he doesn't play Rondo even even twenty minutes in a playoff game. He's got to play more minutes in, in this kind of game, man. And I don't know what's going on with him and the you know the staff. Uh, there were there were some posts yesterday that he's uh, he was uh, barking at the staff, barking at his teammates yesterday, and uh, stuff like that. I don't know what the heck is you know surfacing around there. But he, nevertheless, he has to play more to you know set the table for these guys. Uh, and uh, if he doesn't, I don't I don't really know what the heck Tyler is doing. <laughs> uh, Seriously, and then, um, what was another thing I wanted to say about Uh Yeah. <laughs> the thing with Serge Ibaka, he didn't play much either. He played six minutes. And uh, I don't know, they're, they're saying he's not healthy and he's, like, trying to get his wind up from that injury he had that, that kept him out for, like, two months. But, I mean, he... There was another post, <laughs> post by the Clippers media or this national media or something, saying that Serge Ibaka was out on the court after the game two loss, getting shots up, getting conditioning up. So I don't know what what's the point that's trying to be proved here. Is he healthy or is he not? If he's healthy, why should he? He he could he could really change things in this series because he was he is a good defender and um. Playing him at the five instead of Zubac who's just getting cooked by Luka it might be actually a good uh, you know, good move. And I think even Serge Ibaka has done a good job on Luka in that game one in the second, second quarter, second, third quarter. Uh, not third, second quarter. He did a good job on few possessions on Luka. So if he's healthy, I don't know why Tyloo is holding him back. Uh, I guess the only explanation is uh, he's still not healthy and trying to get his wind up and condition all down. So there's that. And then uh, uh another thing he another thing Tyloo did that was that just drove me nuts. So uh Marcus Morris, who didn't play who's not been playing well at all in the series, uh offensively, but not on the offensive side. So he fouls out defensively by because of a moving screen. And he's, I guess, I guess he's the, you no know, he's the four or... By that time, he was the five because uh, Lou had Zubach out. Because he's just getting, like I said, cooked. Um, so, Marcus Morris was the biggest guy and he got fouled out. And then, and then Tyloo put Kawhi at the five. Like, uh, it's, it's just, I, I don't know. <laughs> Definitely... Ibaka, I mean, Ibaka was definitely healthy, man. If he's healthy, he can't even, he he probably wouldn't even play six minutes. And there wasn't that much time left in the game. You could have easily put Ibaka in at the five. And there was a crucial play also where it was, uh, uh, you know, I think it was Tim Hardaway Jr. going in for a layup. And then he got, it was called a foul by Beverly, but the Clippers challenged it and then it came out as a jump off. So you used your challenge and you got successful. So you got your timeout back. But it's a jump ball, so you gotta have your best chance at it. And then they say any two, so it's gonna be Kristaps Porzingis and Kawhi Leonard. So what chance does Kawhi Leonard stand in jumping? there? these are the little things. So that that award, that gifted one more possession to Dallas. There's little things. If the Clippers got that possession, I'm not saying Ibaka win, wins it over uh, Porzingis, but it's still a better chance. You're giving yourself a better chance in that time, in that moment, uh, than uh, you know keeping Kawhi Leonard as your center to jump it up it's just small things like that also that the clippers just need to do to have some type of chance uh to compete in this series and as far as the map side is concerned like i already said luca is just running the show for them that's the theme of their uh run so far excuse me uh and but other than that luca and their whole team They've shown a great sense of resilience. It's not easy to go in as the non-favorite, as the road team, and take both games. Not just take home court, but massively take home court advantage from, uh, uh, you know, a team that they had past history with, but uh, a team that definitely is trying to make some noise in the playoffs and uh, win it all. So... It's not easy, but they're they're doing it, and uh, uh, you know their role guys have stepped up big time. Like uh, Thj uh, Tim Hardaway Junior, Maxi Kleba, uh, who else? Uh, Dorian Finney Smith, Jalen Brunson. These guys have just been amazing in the roles, and uh, they're providing the uh, one of the things that the Mavericks are doing like very well is. For every, for, I am just seeing these games. For every hit that they take from the Clippers, they're answering. They have an answer for everything, and uh, I think as a if you're playing the Clippers or any you know uh, team with uh, a pretty good offense, uh, you can't you can't go with uh, you know dry spells. And Dallas has a good offense, I'm, so this there's, there's no surprise. But still, uh, their ability to you know consistently give punches back to the clippers as they're throwing on them makes this you know battle more interesting and they keep it close and then they're just able to take to get a couple more stops in uh uh in you know crucial times that that's what they've done in these past two games they've 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 got some crucial stops and that's how they've won it actually uh they continue, they continue giving punches, and then they get crucial stops. And uh, I guess one more thing is that they're playing very confident. They're very confident that, you know, their top two guys were pretty much, like, injured the whole series, and that series still went six last year. And, of course, this is a new Clippers team, but most of it is the same with the same two leading, uh, Kawhi and PG, Pat Bev, Marcus Morris. All these guys were there last year also. So there's that, that conference is uh, is <clears throat> uh, peaking with them, and it's only going to get more as they shift to Dallas with their home crowd. Uh, and then I have to give a big shout out to Rick Carlisle. also. everyone knows he's one of the you know top class coaches in the whole in the whole association. He's done a great job this series. Um, when uh, when the Clippers like. Uh, like I said, punched, Dallas has always had an answer. And w- one of the reasons they've had that answer is because it, uh, uh, Carlisle's uh, good timeout management. Uh, if you see both of these games, there isn't a time where the Clippers ever reach that, you know, peak of, uh, <clears throat> you know, going on a run or, <clears throat> excuse me, like last game in the second quarter, they were down. I think uh, they were always fighting from behind. And then, you know, Kawhi well, just went off. He had 30 in the first half. So, he was going off in that second quarter in the end. But, uh, uh, you know, I mean, that, of course, the end was coming near. So, he was going off in the end. It was not really a time for a run. But even in the third quarter and fourth quarter, quarters when the Clippers were getting close, he made sure to, Carlisle, he made sure to, to uh, you know, stop the momentum. uh, uh not saying that it'll guarantee stop it will guarantee a stop of momentum from the clippers but do what you can right that's what I'm saying the clippers don't are not having that are not having that kind of attitude the do what you can attitude uh, at this point many many are calling them you know front runners uh, <clears throat> I mean I kind of see that they're when when things are going right and everything is going good they're like you know they are these goons they're these you know dogs. Uh, you know, dunking over kleba and, you know, mean mugging and then crossing over Porzingis and then, <clears throat> you know, going nuts in the bench, all that stuff. But <clears throat> when, it gets, when it gets tough, the teams that come out of that are the, you know, <clears throat> all talent-wise, uh, hall, how many Hall of Famers are there in your team, everything aside. You need to have that heart to fight through any kind of adversity in the playoffs. That's what the playoffs is about. It's really about it's not about <clears throat> it's not about those runs. Every team is gonna go on runs, whether they're the first seed, best record in the league, or you know, the eighth seed, worst worst record in the in the playoffs is The thing that defines the playoffs is how you maneuver those tough times that every team is gonna go through. Um, and the team that is able to have You know, of course, the talent and you know the the heart and uh, ability to you know gut through those times. They're the champions. (laughs) Simple as that. And they can who can consistently do that. They're the champions. So uh, that's all for that. Uh, That's all for this podcast, guys. I mean, it's looking really good for the Mavericks right now, and uh, really excited to see how Luca. Uh, plays in front of a uh, his home playoff crowd for the first time in his career because last year in the bubble there is no uh, home court advantage. And this is the first, this is his second playoff run, and first uh, uh, <clears throat> dose of that. And uh, just want to wrap up by saying, Luca Doncic is just a generational player, man. He's he is really he's gonna he's and he's just he's just twenty two. He's just getting started. Uh, He's been playing in the overseas uh, since he was, you know, f- uh, fifteen, sixteen, uh, and he's he's just a master of the game already, man. I mean, it's great to watch as just a general fan of the series. Uh, not a fan of the Clippers or the Mavs, but uh is is turning into one of my favorite players. That, that I have to say, uh, as a as a big fan of uh, James Harden. James Harden is my James Harden is my favorite player. Uh, always has been. Um uh, I see Luca Doncic as you know, he's got next after that. You know, he's got that step back. Uh he's he's a big guard. Uh, he's even bigger than Harden uh, height wise. Uh, but you know uh weight width and girth wise he's like that. He has a step back jumper. He has you know uh that driving game and like Harden he has he has good playmaking sense. And uh i'm really gonna i you know i was always i was always wondering what's gonna happen when Harden retires uh i mean obviously i'm gonna miss it there's there's no one like Harden. Harden is you know he's he's one of the top top five players right now as well and he's uh just a beast on he's just a beast of the game he 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 breeds the game (laughs) it's just a pleasure to watch him It's, it's gonna be tough when he retires to watch but I think Lucas definitely going to fill most of that void and uh, he can be better he can be a better version of Harden also uh but uh he has ways to go for that especially defensively that's one place that Luca has to improve uh with their supposed defense that's maybe one thing I uh I think he can start you know basing uh a the groundwork for improving his defense because if you see Harden Harden is not a great uh, you know uh, perimeter defender either but he prides himself on uh these small things like a post defense because he has that uh build body build and other things like uh staying in the passing lanes and uh, more than that steals so these are the groundwork laid out that luca can try to you know begin mastering and then you can, and then maybe we'll even see him as a you know elite uh perimeter defender like uh the likes of Kawhi leonard and uh, uh, paul george uh one day so the future is definitely bright for him man it's just a joy watching him and i can't wait to watch him (laughs) do do his thing in this series and uh we'll see what the clippers uh come out with uh it's gonna take a lot of, of heart and fight for them to climb out of this uh it's definitely not gonna be easy and the mavericks are not gonna be you know uh uh, you know, getting, just getting complacent. I don't really, I don't think so. Because if they could have gotten complacent, they would have gotten complacent in game two itself because they already took home court in game one. So if they lose game two, they could have had that attitude also. The attitude I'm saying is, they won game one, right? So you you could have had an attitude where you just go into game two and then you don't uh, care about the, uh, you know, outcome because even if you lose, you got home court and you're going back to Dallas tied one-one. And honestly, that could have been outcome that could have that could have been a, a, a you know a mentality they had in a good way that allowed them to play freely because they they didn't really care about the outcome outcome of the game. Um, they just want to play aggressive, as Luca also said post game, aggressive and uh, uh, be you know logged in and have fun. That's important. So uh, right now, I think the maps are in a good place. Uh, we'll see how this series pans out. So that's all for this uh, episode, guys. This episode is definitely a, l- a lot, uh, you know, lesser than that previous episode I did the recap. which was an hour and 30 minutes. This one is going to be around 40 minutes, I think. Yeah, around 40 minutes. So, thank you for everyone who came this far and listening. uh, Thank you so much. Uh, Really appreciate it. We're still really small. Uh, This is just a place I want to have a space to talk about uh, hoops and something that uh, is interesting uh, for me. So, I hope you guys enjoyed it also. And uh, I'll see you guys on the next one. We're dropping real soon. Talking about the Brooklyn Nets. Nets level. Peace, guys.